48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The government suspends the BioNTech COVID jab after finding packaging problems with one batch. An RTHK producer goes on trial for allegedly making false statements while trying to get car registration information. And Washington plays down a North Korean missile test, saying it's still open for, to dialogue with Pyongyang. The government is temporarily halting the use of the BioNTech coronavirus vaccines due to problems with the packaging in a batch of supplies. It said the drug maker didn't find any safety risks associated with the problem of the caps on the vials, but as a precaution, the government was halting its use as well as that of another batch of BioNTech vaccines until further investigations. People with bookings for the jab today have been told not to go to vaccination centres. Some of those that RTHK spoke to in Kowloon Tong were unhappy with the arrangements. Chaotic, right. And they didn't mention about the, the reason of cancellation when I, when I entered. And they give, give us a kind of package of masks and this kind of, you know, compensation. Or, yes, I, I think it's a bit crazy. I guess it's good that the government is being cautious. It's always better to make sure that we keep everybody as safe as possible and vaccinate correctly. They should give people a free choice. Just say that there's a risk and then it's up to you whether you want to get vaccinated or not. So for some people like me who is willing to take the risk, I should be able to get the shot. The Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, says officials are having an emergency meeting with the manufacturer. She reassured people who have already received BioNTech jabs, saying the drug maker has said there's no evidence to show that packaging defects might have safety implications. The Elderly Services Association says several measures should be in place before allowing visitors back into care homes. Chairman Kenneth Chan was commenting on proposals to resume visits once sufficient numbers of people get vaccinated against COVID-19. He said care homes should be should have a separate meeting space. Residents and their visitors should all be vaccinated and all visits should be booked through appointments. He noted that the vaccine take-up rate at elderly care homes was still low. RTHK producer Bao Choi has gone on trial for allegedly making false statements while trying to obtain vehicle registration information as part of research for a TV documentary on the perpetrators of the Yunlong gang attack. Wendy Wong reports. Bao Choi appeared at West Kowloon Court flanked by around a dozen RTHK staff union members who held up banners with slogans such as journalism is not a crime and without fear or favour. The TV producer pleaded not guilty to two counts of violating the road traffic ordinance by allegedly making false statements when searching for car license plate information online. The prosecution read out a statement by a transport department employee saying people should only make a vehicle registration search for transport-related proceedings, the sale or purchase of a vehicle, or traffic and transport-related matters. But Bao Choi's lawyer argued that the journalist was not wrong to declare that her search was connected to transport matters because she wanted to find out who owned a car which might have been involved in taking weapons to the white-shirted attackers who viciously beat people at Yunlong Station in July 2019. Overseas and Washington has played down the significance of the first missile tests by North Korea under the Biden administration. It says the United States is still open to dialogue with Pyongyang. Here's the BBC's Tom Watts. U.S. officials have confirmed to reporters that North Korea fired two short-range missiles last weekend. There's been no word about the test from either Pyongyang or Seoul, and the Pentagon in Washington has said nothing officially. This would be the first missile test by North Korea since President Biden took over the White House in January. Last week, Pyongyang condemned Washington for going ahead with a scheduled military exercise with South Korea. 
The Pentagon says it's received an internal request to house unaccompanied child migrants at two military facilities in Texas. It's not known how many children will be accommodated. Here's the BBC's David Willis. This is a request to the Pentagon from the U.S. Department of Health and Social Services to make available space at two U.S. military bases near the border in Texas, one in El Paso, one in San Antonio, to help cope with this extraordinary influx of unaccompanied children coming across at the rate, it said, of about 500 a day. Now, um, there are shelters that are being overwhelmed, apparently, because of this, and that's led to a lot of these unaccompanied children being housed in jail-like conditions. President Biden has urged the U.S. Congress not to wait another minute to bring in a ban on assault rifles and tighter checks on gun owners. He said he'd been devastated by another killing spree in Boulder, Colorado, on Monday when a gunman shot dead 10 people at a supermarket. But Senate Republican Minority Leader Mitch McConnell struck a more cautionary note when it came to possible gun control. There have been deep-seated philosophical differences between Republicans and Democrats about how to deal with gun violence. One thing we do know for sure is that these shooters are invariably mentally incapacitated. Mentally incapacitated. This is a vexing problem it is extremely hard to identify in advance. Police in Colorado have charged a 21-year-old man with 10 counts of murder. A full jury has been selected in the U.S. for the high-profile trial of Derek Chauvin, the former police officer facing murder charges over the death of George Floyd. It's taken two weeks to choose the jury. A giant container ship has blocked maritime traffic in the Suez Canal after it ran aground. The incident happened early yesterday morning. Several tugboats were deployed to try and help refloat the 59-metre-wide vessel. Sai Mercoliano, a maritime historian and former mariner, says the grounding would have a knock-on effect. Last grounding you had in the Suez Canal was back in 2017, a ship smaller than the Ever Given, but she was able to uh, pull herself alongside the bank. This vessel was heading northbound when she lost all power, meaning she lost her propulsion and, more importantly, she lost her steering. She has now gone aground. Her bow is on the east side of the bankman. As a matter of fact, it's high enough up that you can actually see the bulbous bow sticking out, and she is lodged in there athwart the canal. And they've been trying to pull her out. They've been unable to do that, and ships are piling up north and south of her right now. Exit polls in Israel's fourth general election in less than two years suggest that the Likud party led by the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu could win the most seats but not a parliamentary majority. Speaking to reporters, Mr Netanyahu said the vote was a huge win for the right wing and for Likud. Tonight we achieved something tremendous. We made Likud into the biggest party in Israel by a very large margin. We must not, under any circumstances, drag the state of Israel into new elections, into its fifth election. Establish a stable government now. Analysts say that a far-right party led by a former defence minister could act as kingmaker. A doctor's union in Kenya says the country has run out of beds in its intensive care units due to a surge in COVID-19 cases. Here's the BBC's Will Ross. Kenya's Medical Practitioners Union says the country's at a tipping point with no more intensive care beds available. It also says there's a general laxity when it comes to following guidelines aimed at stopping the spread of the coronavirus. 
As usual, those with enough money are more likely to get help. Some hospitals ask for thousands of dollars up front before they'll allow a patient in through the door. There are relatively low levels of testing, so the official statistics don't tell the whole story. But with clear warning signs that Kenya's entire health system is in danger of becoming overwhelmed, the country urgently needs to get more vaccines. The top court in France has upheld a decision not to put a policeman on trial for throwing a grenade that killed an environmental activist in 2014. The court ruled that the gendarme was lawfully using an authorised weapon. Here's the BBC's Mike Sanders. 21-year-old Rémy Fraisse is the closest thing the French environmental movement has to a martyr. For them, his death symbolises police excess. A trained botanist, he was part of a camp set up by activists to prevent an irrigation dam being built on wetlands in southeastern France. When police launched a pre-dawn raid to evict them, he ran to the fray. A police stun grenade lodged between his shoulders and his backpack, killing him. The officer who threw it was not charged and now never will be. The dam project was abandoned and police are no longer allowed to use that kind of grenade. A painting by the British artist Banksy has been sold for more than 23 million US dollars, the highest price ever paid for a Banksy picture. The work, Game Changer, depicts a boy playing with an action figure of a masked Red Cross nurse wearing a cape while ignoring Batman and Spider-Man dolls in a basket next to him. There was fierce competition between bidders at the auction house Christie's in London. This is the moment the picture sold. Pausing at 14,400,000. Last chance. Are you all done? Fair warning. Tessa, you have it here. The gavel is up. Are we all done? The game changer by Banksy at 14,400,000 is sold. Well done. Congratulations. The proceeds will go to Britain's state-run health service. The American space agency NASA says it expects to fly a small helicopter on Mars in early April. It'll be the first attempt to conduct powered, controlled flight on another planet. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. The Soviets flew balloons in the thick atmosphere of Venus in the 1980s, but no one has yet tried to conduct powered flight on another world. The Ingenuity helicopter has been built light with blades that make two and a half thousand revolutions a minute. It's the only way to achieve lift in air that is just one percent as dense as Earth's at the surface. To underline the significance of what's being attempted, NASA has revealed that Ingenuity carries a small fragment of fabric that covered the wings of the plane used by Orville and Wilbur Wright to complete the first powered flight on Earth back in 1903. The American film and television actor George Siegel has died from complications during heart bypass surgery. He was 87. His wife Sonia announced his death. George Siegel was nominated for an Oscar for his appearance in the 1966 film Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, acting alongside Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. Finance now and currencies. The US dollar is trading at 108.50 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 66 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,948, 551 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $104 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
We start with cricket. India have won the first of three one-day internationals against England in Pune by 66 runs. Having already won the Test and T20 series against the same opponents, India made 317 for five after being sent in to bat. England looked well set to reach their target with 94 off 66 balls from opener Johnny Bairstow, but the tourists went on to lose five wickets for 41 and were 251 all out. More from the BBC's Jonathan Agnew. It was a challenging target, but while Bairstow and Roy were plundering the bowling, it looked possible. They put on 135 in the first 15 overs before Roy fell for 46. Stokes made just one, but Bairstow kept going until he gave a catch in the deep for 94 from only 66 balls. Wickets continued to fall, Morgan 22, Butler 2, and when Moeen went for 30, that was effectively that. Earlier, England seemed to have India in check until Rahul and Krunel Pandya hammered 112 from the last 61 balls. And to add to England's woes, Billings injured his shoulder and Morgan needed four stitches in his right hand. The future of Eddie Jones as coach of England's rugby union side will depend on an honest review into their fifth place finish in this year's Six Nations. Jones has a contract until the 2023 World Cup. But Bill Sweeney, chief executive of England's rugby football union, says he'll take a closer look at recent results. Eddie is one of the best coaches in the world. And if you look at his win ratio in England, it's the best of any England manager we've ever had. He's delivered three Six Nations, uh, a champion, uh, sorry, a Grand Slam, and a, and a final in the World Cup. Uh, and so you've got that. But then in sport, that's that's kind of history. And he'd be the last person to remind you of his of his win, ra- win ratio. You, know, you look at his, his performances against Southern Hemisphere competition. Uh, it's got a 74% win rate, 15 matches in charge of England. And that gives you an indication of his ability to select the right tactics and play well against Southern Hemisphere opposition, which is absolutely key. Uh, and we have to respect that. And we must give Eddie every respect in the world and give him the opportunity to talk to us now in terms of, look, and the relationship is good enough and open enough for him to say, look, this is what went wrong and this is why it went wrong and this is how I feel. And more importantly, this is how we're going to address it going forward. The reigning NHL champions Tampa Bay Lightning extended their dominance over the Dallas Stars with a 2-1 victory in another rematch of last year's Stanley Cup final. Captain Steven Stamkos and Yanni Gord scored second-period goals for Tampa. Goalie Andre Vasilevsky recorded a franchise record 12th consecutive win. Tampa have now won all four of their games against Dallas this season. They've won 24 of 32 games overall, best record in the NHL. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government suspends the Biotech COVID jab, um, sorry, Biontech COVID jab after finding packaging problems with the batch. An RTHK producer goes on trial for allegedly making false statements while trying to get car registration information. And Washington plays down a North Korean missile test, saying it's still open to dialogue. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this Wednesday's 123 show. I'm Karen Ko, sitting in for Noreen Mir this Wednesday afternoon. Great to have your company. I'll be here from now through till 3 o'clock, helping you get through the hump day. Yes, it is the hump day of the week. A big thanks to Phil Whelan for this morning's Morning Brew. Great program this morning. And we have a great program this afternoon too. After 1.30pm, I'll be joined by, by Molly Jean de Dieu to talk about fostering emotional inclusion in the workplace. What is it and how can companies work towards it with their employees? Molly's the founder of the Singapore-based NGO Emotional Inclusion. And Cruz McCalligan will join us after 2.30 as usual with this week's regular audio column. And today she's going to tell us everything we ever wanted to know about sleepwalking. I don't know if you're a sleepwalker, but if you are or even if you're not, you might want to listen in for that. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach